what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. God moved on this mail from Baal Shalishah to bring this offering to Elisha. And now Elisha says, give it to the people. And here this servant says, that's not enough. Unbelief in what God has provided is the great sin of the modern church. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Have your Bibles this morning. Turn with me, please, to the book of Second Kings, chapter four. Second Kings, chapter four. Second Kings, chapter four. Move down, if you will, to verse forty-two. And there came a man from Baal Shalishah, and brought the man of God bread of the first fruits, twenty loaves of barley and full ears of corn in the husk thereof. And he said, Elisha did, Give unto the people that they may eat. And his servitor said, What? Should I set this before a hundred men? And Elisha said again, Give to the people that they may eat. For such saith the Lord, They shall eat and shall leave thereof. So he set it before them, and they did eat, and left thereof according to the word of the Lord. And I want to use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes, give to the people that they may eat. This particular event of which I have just read to you occurred during a time of famine in Israel's history. As we talked about just a few weeks ago, famine is a judgment from God upon a people who have rejected and left His Word. Just a short time earlier, Israel was enjoying one of the most prosperous times in her history under the reign of David and Solomon. David conquered all of Israel's enemies and pushed the boundaries of the land to the farthest extent to what God promised Abraham. And under the reign of Solomon, Israel enjoyed, like I said, one of the most prosperous times that they had ever known. People came from all over the world to this great city, the temple that was built. But all of that dynasty was destroyed, ladies and gentlemen, because of sin and rebellion against God. When our forefathers came to the shores of this country, despite 
what historians are saying now to try to change our history. Our forefathers did not come here seeking gold. Our forefathers came to the shores of this country seeking the freedom to worship God. And as we look back over 250 years of American history, we can see where this nation of America has become one of the mightiest nations on the face of the earth. Some will look at that today and say that it is because of the setup of our government. Others will attribute our greatness because of our educational institutions. Others will say that that greatness is because of our military might and power. Others would say that it is because of our factories and our industries. But folks, the blessings that we have received in this nation, the reason our nation is as great as it is, is not because of those things. It is because our nation was founded on this Bible that I hold in my hands. That's the reason for the blessings, ladies and gentlemen. Tocqueville, who was one of the great French philosophers, came to the shores of this country in the mid-1800s, looking, searching, trying to find that which made this country so great. And he visited all of that for which I have just mentioned. And it wasn't until he visited America's churches and heard the thundering tones of preachers calling men to righteousness that he found what made this country so great. And before he left, he said, America is great because America is good. And when America ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. But like Israel of old, we have left the Word of God, and we are now entering into a time of famine. And folks, it's only going to get worse. Back in December of 2022, just a few months ago, President Joe Biden signed into law the Respect for Marriage Act, forcing every state in the union to recognize same-sex marriage just five months ago. And since that time, the value of the dollar has dropped 10%. You think of that. What does that mean? That means it's going to cost more to buy fuel overseas. Well, wait a minute. I've got an idea. Why don't we drill that oil right here in the United States? Oh, I forgot. President Trump did that. We were well on our way to being energy sufficient, independent. But out of a hatred for Donald Trump, now we've gone back to buying fuel overseas. But it's going to cost more now to purchase fuel overseas, which means when you go to the pump and fill up, it's going to cost more. And the cost of fuel going up, guess what that's going to do? It's going to cost 
the, the prices of everything else you buy to go up. Since that time in April, China, Russia, Brazil, India, Kenya, Saudi Arabia, and 11 other Southeast Asian nations are now using other currencies to trade. And they're encouraging other countries to do so as well. We're losing our power and influence in the world, ladies and gentlemen. And some would say, listening to me by radio this morning, say, well, Brother James, if we can just vote Donald Trump back into office, that'll straighten everything out. Folks, we could vote in Donald Duck right now and do a much better job than what's going on. But our answer is not in voting in a person or a political party. The answer is to repent of our sin and turn back to God. That is the answer, ladies and gentlemen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Our nation needs healing today, ladies and gentlemen. Things have gone so far, there's not a man on this earth that can straighten out the mess our nation's in right now. Only a miracle from God can straighten out the mess we're in today. We need a miracle today, folks. And God's people need to humble themselves and repent and go before God and pray for God to straighten out this mess. That we're in. We're entering into a time of famine. And this story today shows us that God can provide for His people even during a time of famine. And His provision can come from some of the most unusual places. 2 Kings 4 verse 42, the Bible says there came a man... From Baal Shalishah. This is the only time in the Bible that this place is mentioned. It is believed to be a place in Palestine. It is a place where the people worshipped Baal. But there was one man in that city that did not bow the knee to Baal. He worshipped the Lord God Jehovah. Praise God. Glory to God. Although it may seem like this nation's going to hell in a handbasket, there's still a remnant of people who believe in what God's Word says. There is a remnant of people who have put on the armor of God and are taking a stand against the wiles of the devil and have not bowed the knee to Baal. Verse 42, the Bible says that this man brought bread of the first fruits, 20 loaves of barley, and full ears of corn in the husk thereof. Under the old economy of God, when the crops were reaped, the first portions was to be given to the Lord, in faith believing that God would give the rest. God would give the increase. Folks, we're under the New Testament now, but nothing's changed. 
I said, nothing's changed. Somebody asked me some time ago, said, Brother James, when I got paid, I paid in my Social Security. I paid in for 40 years, and now I'm retired. Do I need to tithe on my Social Security? And my answer to them was this. How much blessing do you want? See, it doesn't matter what you give to God, what He won't turn around and give it back to you. Pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Glory to God. God has a way of working things out. You don't give anything to God what He won't give it back to you in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Our giving to the Lord demonstrates our faith in God's covenant. He brought his offering to Elisha, the man of God. Although he was living in an area where the people worshipped Baal, he traveled to where the man of God was who was preaching against Baal worship. Do you get that? He brought his offering to one who was earnestly contending for the faith. Jude 1 verse 3 says, Beloved, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares, ungodly men, who are turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. In other words, they're preaching and teaching something that's turning the grace of God into something filthy. The Methodist denomination has divided over the homosexual issue. Because there are certain ones who are preaching and teaching something that is filthy. And folks, that's not my word. That's not my opinion. That's what the Word of God says. Homosexuality is not just love for another person. It is an abomination in the eyes of God. And God will judge such. Any preacher who refuses to preach against sin... And says that you can go out here and live any old way you want to. They're preaching lasciviousness. They're turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. Brother Daniel back here told me last Sunday morning that a preacher visited his establishment the other week. His church is running over 3,000 people. I said, what church you go to? He said, I go to Friendship. Well, why do you go there? He said, I go there because I like to get my, st- my toes stepped on once in a while. And the preacher said, well, you won't ever hear me preach any of that negative stuff in our church. Any preacher who is not addressing sin and preaching the cross as the only answer. They're denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And again, that's not my word. That's the word of God. 
Jude 3, verse 4. The Bible says we're to earnestly contend for the faith. The Greek word here for contend is epiagonizoma. It contains our English word agony. Preaching the truth can really hurt sometimes, especially when your own turns against you. And here, the word contend means to speak out against those who are destroying the original faith of the gospel. Question. How many of you are giving to that which is earnestly contending for the faith? Hmm. 2 Kings 4 verse 42 Elisha said, give to the people that they may eat. Folks, my job is to give to you what the Lord has given to me. I'm just a messenger boy. I'm just a delivery boy. Don't get mad at me. If you've got a problem, take it out with my boss. Get mad with me if I say something that doesn't line up with this Bible that I hold in my hands. Kick me out when I preach and teach things that are not going by the book. But don't get mad at me when I tell you that there are certain things as a child of God you don't need to be fooling with and messing with and listening to and looking at and talking about. This world is not your friend. The Bible says to come out from among the world and be separate. 2 Timothy 4 verse 2, Paul told Timothy to preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. In other words, when it's popular to preach it, you preach it. When it's not popular to preach it, you preach it anyway. Despite what the world has to say. Despite what most of the church has to say about it. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. He said, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. But watch thou in all things and endure afflictions. Folks, we're to watch and keep guard over the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when we do it, afflictions will come. Oh, but God will bless you if you'll stand up for his word as well. Now this servant, 2 Kings 4 verse 43. When Elisha said, take this now and give it to a hundred men. His servant said, do what? You want me to give this right here to feed a hundred people. Really? Elisha, this is not enough. What you want me to give to the people is not enough. Think of that. Because God moved on this mail from Baal Shalishah to bring this offering 
to Elisha. And now Elisha says, give it to the people. And here this servant says, that's not enough. Unbelief in what God has provided is the great sin of the modern church. Are you listening to me? God has provided us a Savior. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. He died on the cross of Calvary for your sin and my sin. What he did on that cross is enough to deliver you from pornography, alcohol, drugs, and any other bondage that you may have in your life. You don't need to go to a psychiatrist. You don't need to go to a psychologist. You don't need to go to anything else other than Jesus Christ. It is a one-stop shop. Jesus does everything that's needed. God has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. It's found in his word. God has provided what we need. Oh, but a lot of churches today, they won't hire a preacher unless he's got a doctorate in psychology. Heard a preacher say the other day, he said, the way to love God is to love yourself. I'd rather have a Dash County gnat to fly in my ear and wiggle around and whine. Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, you've got to deny yourself. Take up the cross daily and follow me. I get so sick of churches saying, oh, that's not enough. That's not enough, Brother Jane. We got to get rid of all the old hymns of the faith and go to all contemporary music. We got to tear up the sanctuary and we got to paint the walls and the ceiling black and put up strobe lights and have smoke pots going and all of this kind of stuff in order to attract people to the service. Because what God's given us in his word is not enough. Folks, I got news for you. What God has given us in his word is sufficient. It is enough. We can have church up under an oak tree somewhere. If all that are gathered there are in the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord said he'd be there in our midst. And if the Lord Jesus Christ is there, that's what I'm interested in. Preaching the word ain't enough nowadays. We got to put the latest movie clip up on the screen and show it and talk about it and talk about all the good things because preaching God's word is it's not enough. And Elisha's response to that was give to the people that they may eat. You see, the servant's lack of faith in what he said had no effect on Elisha, none whatsoever. But folks, we're living in a world full of people that do not believe this book and talk against this book. We're bombarded by it on a daily basis. But I'm not letting their doubt and unbelief change my mind on what I've read and studied in this book. Because every time I read this book, I find something in there that touches my heart. I find something in there that touches my soul. Glory to God. It's the only book in the world that you can read a thousand times and still get something out of it. Every time you read it. 
because it's the book that's been written for the soul of man. The Word of God never gets old, ladies and gentlemen. 2 Kings 4.43 For thus saith the Lord, they shall eat and shall leave thereof. Verse 44, He said it before them, and they did eat, and left thereof according to the word of the Lord. God miraculously multiplied the corn and those loaves, and the people ate, and they were satisfied. 900 years later, 5,000 men plus the women and children stood before the Lord Jesus Christ, and they had nothing to eat. And the disciples said, Lord, send them away that they can find something to eat. And the Lord had five loaves and two fish. He took it. He blessed it. He broke it. He gave to the disciples, and they distributed it to all those thousands of people that were out there that day, and they were satisfied. This of which I've read to you today with Elisha was a precursor to what God was going to do in the New Testament. And folks, that of which I've given you today, both of these instances, they were given to us to show us that God can meet our need despite the famine, despite what the situation may be. And this is what God has given me to give to you today to chew on. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.